Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we talk about popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm just waiting. Just waiting. Long, slow wait for the perfect road trip opportunity so that we can blast moving right along on a loop <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Joseph, we're coming to get you. <laughs> I mean, I'm Alex. Okay. Well, then... Uh, yeah, we got to decide who's who in the uh, in, in the car, and I'm Britain. Oh man, listeners, we have got a doozy for you today. Yeah, <laughs> talking about talking about the Muppets. We are talking about the Muppet movie. The Muppets. The, oh the, man. So is it is it the Muppets movie or the is Muppet it movie? Okay, it is yes. the Muppet singular movie. Okay. Yeah, um, as as I probably has probably been discussed on this show before, I am a thirty two year Muppet fan. Uh, sure. Grew up on them; they are probably responsible for a lot of my early introductions to humor and music. And I mean, they they are a massive in, influence on who I am as a person uh, in so many ways. So this is a great great way to to ring in the holiday season. And oh man. Love these Muppets. Guys, if we're going to get Joseph, so there's three of us in the car, so that's Kermit, Fozzie, and Gonzo. Driving, uh, we should clarify, driving, uh, obviously, uh, as you can tell by uh, the, the three of our accents and Joseph's accent, um, the three of us are from uh, Philadelphia, right. and Joseph is in Saskatchewan, um, so yep. that's uh, yep. um, what we're doing hey, there. That's what I love, guys. You know what my favorite thing about living in Philadelphia is? I like my, my like my bells like I like my social scene. Broken. So I'm going to... <laughs> See, I was going to say the Rocky statue. Um, That's also a or... good one. And man, I love putting sandwiches in a sauce. Uh, cream cheese. Thank you. Know. you. Oh, and gritty. <laughs> oh, Jim gritty. You see a gritty... Who's Gonzo, who's Kermit, and who's Fozzie in our, in our Studebaker of this podcast? Uh, a friend of the podcast, Cecilia, made me take one of those BuzzFeed uh, Which Muppet Are You <laughs> surveys, and I got Kermit, and really? so I'm Kermit, I guess. I buy that. If we were expand- See, Okay, go on, go on. Because <laughs> I have another oh, this theory is going to get rough, isn't it? No. See, I was going to say, I feel like I'm Fozzie. I feel like that's... Yeah, I see that. I think that tracks. I'm happily Gonzo. I think if we are expanding okay. to the entire Muppet <laughs> cast, Alex, I think you are Sam the Eagle, my, my dude. <laughs> you are Sam the Eagle, just looking around. Ugh, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the old grumpy guys. That's Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I don't know which one I am. Maybe I'm both. Sure. You might so, be yeah. both. And I don't, of all the Muppets, I really want so badly to be Kermit. Um, for reasons that I'll, I, 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 there's a lot that I love about Kermit, but I, w- I really, really want to be Kermit. I think I'm probably actually more of like, maybe like a scooter, which is great because I love scooter. Um, yeah, I'm not musical enough to be Rolf, though. Man, if if I was, sure. I love him so much. Let's <laughs> let's let, let's just dive into the movie because uh, this is this is a great movie. <laughs> Sure. Uh, yeah, what you, give, give us the scores. Sure. Uh, the, the Muppet movie from 1979 
directed by James Frowley. It has an 88% critic score and an 88% audience score. Oh, wow. Neato. Pretty good. Yeah. It's always interesting to me, these older these movies that were around well before Rotten Tomatoes and just the idea yeah. of like crowd ratings to see like how many people... Since they can kind of pull critics from the time and they can do that, it's interesting to me to, to think of like how many people are going back and rating, like non-critics are going back to rate the, the Muppets and, and just well, older movies in general. It, it is interesting. I'm, I'm looking through like some of the, the Rotten reviews and a lot of them are like, number one, it's, it's not as good as the TV show, which hmm. I don't know about that. Uh, sure. Number two, there's a lot of you're not just taking it in the context of when it came out. Cause a lot of them are like, yeah. the jokes feel tired and dated. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> it's so weird that at no point Rocky doesn't just call Adrian on her cell phone. <laughs> like, I don't understand. They just, so they many, just ran into people... this big yellow bird and I just didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't get it. If aliens really did show up, Richard Dreyfuss would be tweeting about it. Like, why don't they show that it's trending? Look, if Luke Skywalker really wanted to find out where the exhaust port was, he would have used Google Maps. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. Uh. <laughs> if they just, we could just check Kane's web history to know what Rosebud means, and we hope this movie would be a lot shorter. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it, I, I love The Muppet Show, but The Muppet Show is a, by design, a variety show. Right, sure. It's, it's sketches, it's backstage stuff, like, of course the movie's not the same as the TV, like, you, they're not the same thing. <laughs> right, and, and like, I mean, I guess you could do a bunch of vignettes for the movie, but I feel like just by virtue of it be, trying to be feature length, yeah. The fact that you have a, a kind of story. I mean, maybe you could like it or not like it on that basis, but just sure. like, what do you want them to do? It's, it's, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's the, the Muppet movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that one of Jim Henson's kind of intentions was, you know, the Muppet show is very much about you, you bring these celebrities in as a special guest. Like, you bring the real world into the Muppet world. And this right. is about the flip. It's about bringing the Muppets into the real world. It's about actualizing them and amazing puppetry, which we'll get into. Sure. Um, so yeah, it is sort of intentionally the flip of that. Yeah, and uh, I think the the road trip idea is a really great way to like incorporate that, where you can still get a lot of just single scenes that kind of are yeah. contained, while moving forward with with you know a semblance of a real progressing narrative. Definitely. Um, and I did not realize I have only seen I think of all I mean aside from Muppets Christmas Carol, um, I've only seen the twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not realize that that like I'm excited to get to that again because uh, of the parallels that I assume yeah. and I assume there will be references and stuff in terms of like that also is a road trip and so right. I was like watching this I was like oh this is this makes sense that this is this is where it started um, but yeah I think it's a it's a neat way to kind of adapt that structure from something that is definitely not it's kind of like what what do you do uh when when you try to adapt an SNL skit into a movie which exactly. they have tried many times and yeah. to my understanding have never succeeded. The um, only one that works is Coneheads. Sure. Not it's the only Wayne's one. World? Um Coneheads is amazing. Uh Wayne's World I remember Wayne's World being pretty funny. Oh yeah, Wayne's World. Sure. I, some some movies I feel like have 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 
like expanded beyond the scope right. of just like oh that was a, a an SNL ske- sketch or you know something like that where it's just like I think of it as like a separate entity. It's like oh that's yeah. just like a big Mike Myers movie. That's sure, not, sure. You know, sure. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, Coneheads. I, I recommend that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, anybody have uh, best and worst they want to they want to roll forward with you? I can go. Yeah. I think. Probably. I mean, sure. You can. I can. Um, whatever. I think my best thing uh, was just probably just the music overall this is mm-hmm. this is like a, such a broad thing to take um but i was i was only impressed with how immediately when like a song gets going in this even though it's being sung by people doing real real weird voices that should be super annoying um they work together really well and the the music is so like perfectly crafted to be very catchy and enjoyable and like i mean it's 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 good music <laughs> like it's you know yeah. it's it's musically sound um and uh, I was impressed by that. I was uh, I was having a good time every time they would jump into a musical number. Um, and I don't have I. Again, this is like my first experience with classic Muppets beyond yes. Christmas Carol, which is I know not really like within the Muppets universe or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I was excited to to get some of that original. Uh, Muppets feel, and I think it it, com- it still comes across very well today, uh, even forty one years later. Oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was enjoying that a lot. Um, I'm trying to think if there is anything specific I wanted to say about the. We'll, we'll get into the songs and everything, um, and kind of the individual stuff. Uh, I think my worst thing is just that I felt like the. F- finale of the movie got got wrapped up really really quickly sure. <laughs> i felt like it kind of uh yeah they they reached a point they were like uh all right we gotta you know get out of here um specifically in terms of the like snake walker character <laughs> yeah right um <laughs> who, who pops up uh and i was trying to think that that and i really wanted a little bit more <laughs> with the admittedly uh amazing orson welles yes. cameo <laughs> Um, I, I, w- I wish there'd been a little bit more like they had to try and convince him or something like that. Cause, uh, as it is the final like conflict is them making the secretary sneeze because they all have fur, right. um, which is a little bit like <laughs> anticlimactic. Um, so I wish there'd been a little bit more there where they'd had some sort of conversation and, um, just, uh, beef that up just a touch. Uh, yeah. but I mean, it's it, the entire movie is, is, uh, is, was a joy and the pacing was not like on the forefront of my mind right. <laughs> for the, like it's it's clearly not what the movie is trying to it's not like a clockwork script here that we're trying to pull off um so i, I mean it's not that's not like a huge complaint or anything but i was a little bit like ah, i wish we gotten a little bit more uh juice out of the last like 10 15 minutes but then of course we do get the uh wonderful big set piece where they're all standing around on the the set that's collapsing and singing uh yeah. rainbow connection it's it's great it's good yeah. stuff yeah my uh my best thing is also the music i think this is i don't hmm i don't know if it is my number one favorite uh musical score for a muppet movie if it mm-hmm. isn't it's the second um we will discuss my my probable favorite when we get to it but I think this score is just extraordinary. I mean, it is just great song after great song after great song. And 
I, I the only one that's kind of a dud for me is the when Piggy first sees Kermit and there's that whole dream sequence she has in that song. It's not even bad. It, it's very yeah. funny how overwrought it is. But right. that, the, the thing about these, uh, the songs are by Paul Williams and, and Kenny Asher. And Paul Williams wrote three scores for the Muppet movies. Um, well, he wrote two scores for Muppet movies and he wrote the music for a, uh, a TV special called Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas, which is phenomenal. And That's in it has what is probably my favorite a Christmas song, which is not really a Christmas song, but whatever. Um, when the sure. River Meets the Sea. Which is technically a song about dying, but that kind of fits in for that being my favorite <laughs> Christmas song. But, sure. Uh, it is... <clears throat> he, he is such a, a brilliant, brilliant songwriter. And I I don't know like how much of him and how much Kenny Asher... Like I don't really know how they shared those responsibilities, but it worked out. And I think that so many of the songs in this movie I can listen to as songs... Like, they don't even mm-hmm. have to be in the context of Kermit the Frog singing Rainbow Connection that is so moving. And I was fully crying at the end, like, in complete tears. Like, when Kermit looks at the camera and says, and I've noticed you're watching too, I literally was like, Jim Henson is talking to me, and I, like, Jim Henson is talking to Britain, and I shattered, just complete crying. <laughs> and I... I find that song so beautiful. And, and as you said, mm-hmm. Tyler, we, we will crack into the individual tunes, but uh, I think they're all just so strong and funny and moving and ridiculously silly in, in mm-hmm. at least one case, which is delightful and uh, uh, chaotic. Um, it, yeah. I think it's just, just a, a tremendous collection of, of songs and, and that they also feel distinct. Like each musical number feels unique and right. achieve something different, which I really like. Uh, my worst thing, I don't really know that I have one. Um, I do know what you mean. Partic- the, the Orson Welles thing being quick didn't really bother me because I'm like, I kind of like that the, sure we finally get there and it's just, we want to be rich and famous. <laughs> Draw up the rich and famous contract for Kermit the yeah. Frog. And I kind of like that as That's a joke. Um, and the fact that it's Orson Welles is so brilliant. Right. I, but yeah, with the Doc Hopper thing, I was like, oh, and we're done. However, within that, he, it also ties up the theme of the movie um, and kind of the theme of the Muppets uh, with Kermit's little monologue to him. Mm. So yeah, I don't think I really have a worse thing. I was just like happy <laughs> in the whole movie. Alex? Um, truth be told, I think this is the only Muppet movie I've watched. Ooh. I had this on VHS tape when I was a mm-hmm. kid, so this is the one that I, I've... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the only one I've watched, and I've seen it multiple times, uh, but it's been a, it's been a while. Um, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. Um, in terms of best things, I'm going to go how funny it is. Um, yeah, sure. I think the comedy is really, really sharp, and I was not mm-hmm. expecting expecting it to be like that snarky. And, like, mm-hmm. there's just so many little side quips, and it's a lot of it's just, like, really clever. And I like how fourth-wall-breaking the movie is, and it's just kind of poking fun at how ridiculous the situation is throughout. Um, mm-hmm. Like, when they go to the, the bar at the, the beginning of the movie, and, and the guy gets kicked out, and he's like, this is the worst place you could possibly go to. Oh, that's terrible. I know. I run the joint. <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, James like Coburn. All, all that stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I really love, loved all of that. Um, 
yeah, I, mean, I, I, I did like the music too, but I, I was amazed just yeah. how funny it still is, and it's from 1979. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and to do the positive spin on the idea of it being dated, I think a lot of it is like old style, like patter humor, like yeah. set up punchline, you know, kind of puns, like mostly it's just these quick turnarounds. Like, I don't know, I, I find it really refreshing to be like, oh, this is just like smart, quippy writing. Well, yeah. I think when, you know, with with somebody with less experience um, with the Muppets, like me, when I'm, I'm coming back to this movie and I haven't seen it in, like, 15 years or however long it's been, and I'm going, okay, I'm expecting the Muppets. There's probably just, like, a bunch of wacky, like, over-the-top stuff that happens. Like, Animal getting huge at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I would think would be, like, the I... go-to joke for, for something like this. But the fact... I had to... Yeah. I was going to say real quick, I, I had to carefully avoid saying that in my worst thing because that part of the ending was amazing, <laughs> uh, where he just gets very big and screams at uh, Doc Hopper and his crew, and it's horrifying and yeah. wonderful. <laughs> it's like, when what I, is happening? I have not seen this movie in years. This is probably the Muppet movie I've seen the least of, of before the reboot. Mm-hmm. And it's because as a child I was so scared of that scene with Animal. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's like animal. It's our friend. But that part like freaked me out. The rest of the movie didn't. But that thing, <laughs> the way yeah. it's shot, like he tur- it turns him. In, it's like a Godzilla type, like, yeah, angle. And uh, I I was laughing my head off. Continue. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. Um, I'm sorry, you were expecting but, it to oh, be yeah. more of like that. Kind that of that would be kind of what I would expect in terms of like Pratt falls and oh, oh Kermit's been thrown into the uh, the fan and the he's fan. spinning around, mm-hmm. spinning around. Um, but the fact that all, so much of the humor was dialogue based, and it's like yeah. okay, I, it really feels like they paid attention not not so much to the broad strokes of the plot, but like individual scenes writing out dialogue. It felt like they were really focused on that, um, and I, re- I really appreciated that, and and I think. Specifically for a comedy where the plot isn't as important, like, that's what you need to nail. You need to nail, like, individual bits, and this movie does that in spades. Um, Yeah, yeah, I guess in terms of a worse thing, kind of going along with what you said, Tyler, but I, I, you know, pacing problems. I I feel weird kind of complaining about that, like you said. (laughs) But it does feel like it, it slows down when we get to the second act into the third. Um it feels like it slows down and then like the climax just kind of stops. So sure. I, I don't know. That, that seemed a, a little, a little wonky for me. Like um, basically when they get to the dinner scene with uh, Miss Piggy and, and Kermit, and of course Steve Martin has that fun cameo, mm-hmm. but kind of mm-hmm. when it pushes forward from there, it felt like the plot, like we were just slowing down a lot. Yeah. Um, still funny, but um. Yeah, it's hard to come up with the worst thing for this movie. So, there you go. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> sure. you mentioned the comedy. I think that um, it since um, the Muppets have sort of been not not taken away from, but like okay. So after Jim Henson died in 1990, I believe he, uh, his son Brian Henson took over a lot of of things. I mean, his his, his kids I think are still probably like on the board and are still involved. Sure. But I know Brian directed Christmas Carol and ever, but ever since like the reboot and stuff, when there are other creative forces behind it, I think, yeah, the humor has been a lot wackier and sillier and the Muppets are wacky and they are silly. But I think more than that, the comedy is joyous. 
Like, the comedy is just, it's, it's, yeah, that's the best word I can think of. But it is snarky. It is sarcastic. It is, like, one, one of, I think, the great things about the Muppets is that they're all flawed characters. And they are, they're innocent, but, like, mm-hmm. Fozzie is a hysterically funny character who's not a great comedian. And, like, Gonzo is incredibly reckless. And Kermit, one of the things I think that makes Kermit such a great protagonist is that he's so sweet and he's such a great leader and he's so kind. But he gets fed up. Like, you see this in The Muppet Show yep. a lot. Like, he's constantly losing his temper and getting tired and, and losing, not losing hope, but there's so much doubt in him that that's not even a flaw, but that's a, that's a, that's a hurdle. That's a, that, that's a dimensionalizing yep. of his character. And... So the Muppets have always had this this I don't even want to say dark, but kind of uh, this this other shade to them where it's not just like colorful characters being wacky, a pie in the yeah. face. Like that's part of it. But there is this undercurrent, whether it's snark or or melancholy. And and I think the one of the things that I I don't know if I love it about the Muppets or if the Muppets gave it to me and that's why I love it in other things. But the Muppets have even in the the happiest scenes of Muppet movies there's always this like sense of like hmm it's not sadness it's not maudlin yeah. but there's a little bit of just like wistfulness maybe or just kind of like sure. huh, like a little bit of a shrug a little bit of a sag emotionally and i think that makes the rest of it so much more moving is that like even within that we're still looking for the rainbow connection and we still want to sing and dance and make a movie with our friends like I think that's such a beautiful thing about them, and and yeah, I think that carries over and makes the comedy so rich and so full. Also, like you said, it's really smart. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that actually really helps for this to last and kind of transcend just being for kids by having that. Yes. Um, not just having it like clever jokes that only adults will really get or anything like that, right. but also just like the threat in this is actually terrifying yeah. <laughs> what Doc Hopper wants to do to Kermit and what he does to frogs is terrible. And it, it's terrifying. Yeah. And Well, it's such a Yeah. I was gonna say it's such a kid's like a kid friendly way of, of creating like a very human uh problem because like he there there's very much a vibe to that of like so I mean the idea is that Doc Hopper wants Kermit to be his spokesperson to sell these frog legs that come from his fellow frogs being killed and eaten. Yeah. And it's like, that's very much like a real world, like thing that like people who, who struggle with pursuing their dreams versus pursuing. Cause like he's, he's offering this opportunity while Kermit's like, well, I want to go to Hollywood to do this thing like that. Yeah. The conflict between going to Hollywood and having this like big fun dream, Versus, like, hey, I can give you a bunch of money if you sell out and, like, yeah. turn, turn the other way as you do some, you inadvertently support some really horrible things. Like, that's, that's yeah. very real. I mean, like, obviously it's a silly concept within the movie, but they've, uh, it's, it, it's translated something that people do actually struggle with into a very kiddie kind of story. And I think that's a lot of fun. Definitely. And, it, and it's very, Jim Henson. Jim Henson um, was very selective about merchandising uh, mm-hmm. his his characters. Like he had to approve if there was going to be 
a, a stuffed animal or a coloring book or whatever, like he had to make sure that it was still within the spirit of his characters that they weren't going to get compromised and sort of, you know, commercialized for, for one of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's very similar. He was like, no, I want to do the thing that I believe in and not just the thing that's going to net me all the money. And I really love how at the beginning when Dom DeLuise is telling Kermit about, he's, he's pitching Hollywood to him. And the thing Kermit keeps repeating is millions of people happy. Like it's not about mm-hmm. him. Yeah, it, it's not. Ooh, I can be rich. It's like, oh, I can make people happy. I can, like, that's such a great goal for our our hero to be going on. And I think the Muppet. One of the again, another beautiful thing about the Muppets is like, the Muppets were not explicitly created for children, but they're very aware that children watch them, and so it's like it's totally safe for kids. But it's like, it's for everybody. Like everybody watches the Muppets, and the jokes work for everyone. Um, one of my because I, I have not seen this movie as much as I've seen the others, but one of my favorite jokes in it is where they do it twice when Conan or Conan Conan. Why is it Conan? <laughs> you know when Conan O'Brien rolls up, the like little eight year old yeah. Conan O'Brien probably. Sure. When Kermit um, keeps saying myth, myth, and then Carol Kane shows up and she's like yes, and then they do it again <laughs> later on the road and she's out of nowhere. <laughs> It's oh, so and, and Kermit's Kermit's response, I don't know if it's to that running gag. He makes a comment of like, oh, we're making a running gag out of that, are we? He does do that <laughs> with something else, yeah. It's to the, uh, when he, when, because at the beginning, the guy who comes to uh, ask him if he wants to go to Hollywood, he first shows up and he's like, hey, I'm I'm lost. And he's like, have you tried Harry Krishna? Yeah. And, right, yeah. uh and then in the bar, someone else, uh, he, he's telling someone else that he's lost. And the guy's like, have you tried Harry Krishna? And he's like, oh, are we making a running gag of this? And then they go to the church mm-hmm. yeah. uh, where they find the, um, what is the band? Uh, Electric name? Man. Yes, Electric Man. And uh, the, the sign outside says, uh, searching for a sense of direction, try Reverend Harry Krishna. <laughs> Something like it's that. So it's so brilliant. Like, what? That's such a good joke. Yeah, Jerry Jewell is one of the co-writers on this, and we will see his name on other Muppet scripts to come. He is he is a plus uh, writer, great, great, mm-hmm. great writer. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. And so, there's obviously a lot to be said about the skill behind the puppetry. I think sometimes people forget about how good the puppetry is because the Muppets look so... They don't look complicated. The five way that, five yeah. minutes in, I wasn't even thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, when you watch something like Labyrinth, which I've recommended on the podcast, or like The Dark Crystal, you think, this is so detailed and rich. Like, the puppetry is amazing. You forget that in the Muppet, like... Fozzie drives a car. <laughs> yeah. And apparently how they did that is they had... The puppeteers were scrunched up on the floorboards of the car performing and they had monitors so they could see everything. Sure. And then the car was rigged up so that it could be driven by a stunt driver in the trunk who had a monitor so he could see the road, <laughs> which probably explains why the car mostly just goes straight. Fascinating. And I, and I, puppetry is, is the rare art form that like, I think a lot of stuff in movies, the more you learn about it, you're like, well, now you took a little bit of the magic away. Mm-hmm. Puppetry. The more I learn about it, the more magical it seems to me. And it gets more and more beautiful. Um, like, it's amazing to me that, like, Fozzie is... Frank, Frank Oz, the brilliant Fra- Yoda. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is, you know, the guy from Knives Out. Um, is <laughs> uh, He's doing 
Obviously, one of his hands is in Fozzie's mouth. His other hand is controlling one of Fozzie's hands. And then a second puppeteer, either Jim Henson or Richard Hunt, is performing Fozzie's other hand. So that means right. they, the hands have to be in sync. A so one person has to make sure one of their hands is in sync with the lines and with the gestures. Like, it's brilliant. And I think with Rolf, it's the, sim the same thing where Jim Henson is controlling Rolf's face. And then somebody else is just playing the piano as Rolf's <laughs> hands, which is amazing. Like, the Swedish chef famously is Jim Henson and Frank Oz, like... It is incredible stuff. You mentioned in the first five minutes. So I, I have next to me Brian J. Jones's biography of Jim Henson. So I'm just going to be spouting all kind of information. Um, and stop me if I start hogging the podcast. Um, <laughs> if I become a real Mr. Piggy. Because me and Tyler, one thing we've never done is hog the podcast. <laughs> I guess, I guess we've, this is my, my Game of Thrones, James Bond. My, my James of Correct. Thrones. Correct. There's the the when Jim Kermit is is Henson's singing in the swamp. A, 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 not just continue. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when 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 Kermit's singing in the swamp, the way they did that was they they shipped all that the trees in from the Georgia bayous, and they got this whole set. And then Jim Henson would was underwater in like a diving bell, scrunched up with like a monitor and the script, and he's performing Kermit. And then. I think there was one point where he was under the water for, like, three hours, and when he got back out, they had to, like, work his legs to be able to fully straighten. Sure. Um, J Jim Henson was, he said, you know, keep things simple. But also, let's not do animal on a miniature set. Let's build a giant animal head that comes <laughs> up out of the thing. And let's, you know, I'll, but he also would always, he would never ask people to do things he wasn't willing to do. So he would get in, and he's like, well, I'll get in this bathysphere and <laughs> underwater sure. in this tiny little space and control a, a, a puppet. Um, but then you get, you know, this amazing moment to, to, like, Kermit riding a bicycle, which is crazy, but it's done with, like, marionettes and, and remote control. There's a scene in The Muppet Show where Kermit has a glass of water and a straw, and he drinks out of the straw, and then he looks at the camera and goes, think about this for a minute, friends. <laughs> Like, it's genius. It's just genius. Somebody else bring mm -hmm. something up before I just <laughs> continue, well, I think continue to... Well, I to that point, uh, for me, what I found made the puppets really effective. I mean, for one, the design alone of, yes. like, the entire main cast and the fact that, like, everyone is more or less an animal, but they don't look like an animal. <laughs> like, they, right. they don't... Right. Like, Kermit doesn't look that much like a frog. <laughs> like, he's... Yeah. They've... they've stretch his head out and like he's got i don't know it's and even like fozzy bear i mean he's, he does look like a bear but it's like almost a teddy bear but yeah. it's not really like they have very distinct designs that are very stylized even though like at least in this movie everyone's acknowledging them as like oh you're a frog and oh you're a you're a bear yeah. um the designs allow you to not think of them in the way like in the way you would think of Oh, I don't know. I mean, just any, like, kid's television yeah. mascot or, like, characters that are based where they're animals, it's like, oh, that's just, you know, an animal that is personified, where this feels like, oh, this is a character. Yeah. Um, and they, they do a lot of stuff to force you to think about that and therefore, like, increase the uh, the, the, the way that they are their own thing and, and that they are unique, in, such as uh, having the chicken, uh, Gonzo's chicken... 
uh, yeah, is, is a puppet, but then, like, other chickens show up. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's the whole thing. Uh, like, real-life chickens. Yeah. Um, and they joke about Gonzo, whether or not he, like, what exactly he is. They don't entirely yeah. know, um, which is good. Um, and then also yeah. they they have the puppets not be puppeteered for moments. Like, they, they you know... Mm-hmm. Um, I think both Kermit and Fozzie get thrown into the crowd in the bar at some point. Right. Um, so you see them kind of like bouncing around and you see their legs flail up. Um, and it's all edited very well so that it like, it feels seamless. It doesn't feel like they yeah. had to like reset the situation so that then they could get a puppet back in the puppet or get, get a puppeteer <laughs> back in the yeah. puppet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think it, I was very impressed by how well the characters took on their own life. Um, as opposed to feeling like, oh, this is just another uh, child's animal character. Yeah. And it even comes down to how it's these little details in the characters, like the fact that Dr. Teeth can widen his eyes Mm -hmm. and his shades can kind of flip up a little bit adds so much expression to that character. It's just this little detail that you wouldn't even really think about, but a character being able to widen their eyes means you can get so much expression out of them. And honestly, all the characters are performed with such fullness and, and dimension. And, and you were talking about like the, even the, the Muppet characters that are, I guess, supposed to be human, like Dr. Teeth and Floyd and Janice. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't look like people. <laughs> you know, right. Proportions are all crazy and weird, but like I guess technically they're human. I believe Gonzo canonically is referred to as a whatever. Sure. I can't remember what, I think there's some movie where they're like, well, I'm a frog and he's a bear and Gonzo's a, and Gonzo's like doing something else goes, uh, whatever. <laughs> Just keeps like messing with the camera or whatever he's doing. Um, yes, Gonzo and Camilla, one of cinema's great romances. Sure. <laughs> um, at this point, well, no, I'll say that for the end. Um, I want to I want to talk about some of the songs, and I want to start with uh, "Can You Picture That," which the Electric Mayhem sings mm-hmm. in the church. I have no idea what that song is about. The sentences mean nothing. Sure, they are beautiful sentences. They sound they are just rhythmically gorgeous. I have no idea what they're about. I love it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. completely ridiculous and insane. It's a jam. It really is. It's like just where where uh, Dr. Teaster starts like going, oh, yeah, and just like pouring the paint on the camera. And and then they start singing these ridiculously Aurora Borealis shining down in Dallas. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, Dr. <laughs> Teeth, but keep going. It's just so great. The, mm-hmm. Those, I think, are the – the Electric Mayhem, I think, is the clearest like, oh, the Muppets came about in the 70s. Sure. Because these are... Dr. Teeth is a combination of Dr. John and Elton John, as as one can see. Uh, obviously, Janice is, like, very hippie, and mm-hmm. Zoot is often not fully cognizant, which, you know, you can make allusions to why that might be. Sure. <laughs> um, and Floyd is just like, yeah, man, whatever. The, the frog said we're going to do it. Uh, he's just he. I really love Floyd a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys have a favorite song in the movie? 
I would probably just go with Rainbow Connection. Yeah. I think it's hard to top it that. Is. I, I Moving right along was also delightful. Um, yeah. Because they bring that up a, a couple of times, and like the first time it's just Kermit and, and Fozzie, and then later we get some more people thrown in there, and it's kind of yeah. like a a fun... Uh, sounds a little better when you've, you're not just having someone do, or having the Kermit voice and the Fozzie voice, you've got yeah. more of a chorus to kind of like blend together. Um, right. and so, uh, yeah, the, uh, I found that one quite, and like all of these songs in general, I feel like the moment I hear the title, I hear them in my head, which I think yeah. is a, a yes. good sign for if you're trying to make memorable songs, it's just immediately like, yeah, that one. Definitely. Um, they're all very effective. I, I agree. I think Remote Connection is, like, the best, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. It is, like, the Muppet song. I guess that and Menomina are, like, the Muppet songs. Sure. I This time around, I have a renewed appreciation for I Hope That Something Better Comes Along, which Rolf and Kermit sing. It's kind of the... Mm-hmm. It's both, like, a vaudevillian comedy song, because there's all these, like, puns about dogs and stuff. Right. As well as being, like, a song about, you know... Like like a, a one for my baby and one for the road, barkeep. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna <laughs> knock back another one and think about what's been. But there's, I, I think my favorite song in the movie might be "I'm Going to Go Back There Someday," which Gonzo sings mm-hmm. when they're out camping under the stars. I love. Similarly, I don't really know what the song is about. Maybe more thematic than it is literal. Sure, but like one of the lyrics in that song is there's not a word yet for old friends who've just met and that's just like an artist wrote that lyric you know mm-hmm. like that that's that's just beautiful and that that song is such a perfect so what i was talking about earlier about the kind of wistful melancholy right. or of of the muppets i think that song just really beautifully uh sums it up that like throughout this whole movie there is unbridled optimism but also a sense of like, I don't know if this is going to work out, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I have and then, no clue. And I don't remember if it's while Gonzo is singing or if it's uh, like kind of Charles off of that sequence. But uh, then Kermit starts like talking to himself and questioning like, right. did he actually make a promise to himself that he was going to do this? And that's uh, very, it's, it's introspective. And it's, yeah. I, I think that's a big thing. It's really not so much that it's not a kids movie, but that it's not a movie that condescends yes. to to kids. Like it, it's very much just these are real emotions that people feel and real things people struggle with, even if mm-hmm. they're a bunch of silly animals and or other things uh, singing songs. Like the the it it works in some very real mature yeah. ideas. Uh, it, the, it's, it's the Pixar uh, yeah theme for sure. For sure. And, and uh, having read biographies on both Jim Henson and Fred Rogers, both books talk a lot about the comparisons people would make between Sesame Street mm-hmm. and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and that one is much sillier, is one more substantial. Of course, it's a useless comparison. They're both brilliant in completely different ways. Right. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like The Muppets do not condescend. Um, and kids aren't going to get that Milton Berle is a car salesman in the movie. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so I got to register. Uh, let's, I want to talk about the cameos. Tyler, I know you mentioned like not going through and not catching that yes. many. I think I really only, the only ones that really like struck me and I was like, oh, that was a great cameo were um, it, just because I 
do not have a lot of familiarity with the yeah. famous actors of like because especially like when an actor gets a cameo in something like when someone is like oh i want i want to have them pop up in my movie um they have to be fairly established yeah. for the most part and so like especially for something like this so it's like we're talking about like early 70s actors right who are then like not you know now they're they're getting uh, a little reward for their success i guess um so i do not have a lot of familiarity with that like late 60s early 70s era sure um uh as far as like actors who had already been working up to that point um but uh steve martin's is excellent that's uh, when he right pops now. up and and Kermit has ordered like a two dollar bottle of champagne, <laughs> yeah. and he's like having Steve Martin, who is just wearing ridiculously short pants. It is no great. He is wearing the ri- most ridiculous outfit I've maybe have yes. ever seen in a movie, and it's so funny. Yes, um, as as a waiter is like he's he's taking the bottle off the bottle cap off the. Um, the champagne bottle and he's like having them sniff the cap because Kermit's like asking him, he's like, Hey, aren't you going to let me do the, uh, you know, d- do all the normal wine things. Um, and then he, he drinks a swirl of it and spits it out and is like, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's... He's so fed up immediately. Kermit's like, you may serve us. And Martin goes, Oh, may I? <laughs> It's very uh, but I, so I appreciate how through most of that Kermit and Miss Piggy are just completely oblivious mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm. being just... frustrated with them. Like <laughs> it's so, so furious played. It really is. I love Steve Martin. Um, but then also, obviously, the Orson Welles uh, yeah. cameo. I was just like, that's perfect, um, brilliant, and random, and not at all a thing I would have expected. I also uh, not quite in the same vein, but I was very shocked that Big Bird showed up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I really was not expecting that. And I was just like, oh, I guess they they can do that. Cool. When I when I was a kid, the joke that Big Bird says about I'm on my way to New York to try to break into public television, mm-hmm. I thought he was talking about breaking into the station. <laughs> like, and it wasn't that I was traumatized. I was just like, oh, they're making a dark joke about Big Bird. I literally pictured Big Bird like busting through the door and taking <laughs> over public television <laughs> i didn't realize it was a turn of phrase to mean oh i'm going to become famous through public television and i also love that kermit and Fozzie are like all right good luck with that <laughs> this guy over here i have two notes here i would like to address tyler i'm i'm surprised that you didn't recognize our our favorite Ernst stavro blofeld actor at the bar oh, uh, Telly Savalas oh. is one of the uh, gruff people that uh, Kermit runs into. He, he's talking about Madeline Kahn, yeah. Yep. Which of the which of the Bond flicks is he in? What on Her the... Majesty's Secret Service? I would like to I would like to rescind that previous sentence. Which of the Bondalonians uh, is he in? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. He's in the one with Diana Rigg. I'll leave it at that. Moving on. Sure. My only other note is Austin Pendleton plays Doc Hopper's uh, sidekick, Max. And the whole time I was just like, that's Santa Claus from Christmas with the Cranks. I'm not okay with this. Sure. <laughs> I, you you'd mentioned that to us, and I was like, I do not remember Santa Claus from Christmas in the, with the Cranks. So this is not. Yeah, he was the creepy guy. Well, he's He's got well, a very uh, distinct face, particularly as an older man. So like when I saw yeah, it, I was like... 
just all all the synapses were firing in my brain. I'm like, what is wrong? I'm surprised neither of you mentioned Mel Brooks. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Sorry, yes. Yeah, uh, in the... And that is a extended sequence that I felt dragged a little bit. Yeah, the it Mel, did. It Mel, did feel a bit like a, they got Mel Brooks for a day and they said, "Come up with a wacky character and just do your shtick." That was the one yeah. time where, where it felt like, okay, a lot of this isn't scripted, is it? Yeah, and, and most of the cameos in the movie are we're in and we're out. Come right. in for a scene. Hey, it's Milton Berle. Dead. Yeah. Um, there's a brief moment where Edgar Bergen and Charlie, Charlie McCarthy, the, the ventriloquist dummy, are judging mm-hmm. a beauty pageant. Yeah. That was a huge deal because he was, like, a revolutionary for puppetry and, like, for Jim Henson and Frank Oz, like, all those guys. Mm-hmm. So even just having – and he apparently, I think, died, like, the next year. Oh, well. Um, this was the last, like, filmed thing he did. And so, like, that was a huge deal, especially in, in that era, but especially for the puppeteers in he- the movie. He does also make a joke about, um, and this was the the context would probably help here. He does make a joke that um, I forget what the build up to it is, but he, I think he has the, the or the puppet says, uh, "Well, this is their movie after all. We shouldn't uh, spoil it." And I think <laughs> yeah. they they look at the camera or something like that, like at the very <laughs> fourth wall moment. Yes. Yeah, I um, and, and then of course Charles Durning, the great, the wonderful from A Brother Where Art Thou, plays Doc Hopper. Uh, mm. the first of of many wonderful famous people to be a villain in a Muppet movie. Sure, uh, there are brilliant ones coming. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed seeing the cameos in this, and I still had to. Funny enough, a lot of the ones that I'm familiar with in this movie, I'm familiar with because of the Muppets. <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen Madeline Kahn in movies, but like Madeline Kahn's episode of the Muppet Show is fantastic. Uh, she has some really funny stuff, and she sings a beautiful song hmm. with, with Gonzo. And, um, I mean, I don't know, but I, I know Dom DeLuise from Dexter's Laboratory, where he was Koopa sure. Goopa Goop. I, I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Britton. How, how could you neglect to mention that Diana Rigg is in one of the Muppet movies? When well, I brought I've up talked her about name. it on the show before. I, that does actually ring a bell. I, 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 I'm, because I'm trying to leave I, some, I forgot, leave some should have brought it up. She is in. I don't think it's the next, and I think it's the one after. Yeah, it's a. Uh, um, but yeah, Great Muppet, Muppet Caper. Caper. Yeah, the next one is Manhattan, right? I always forget what order those go in. Sure, okay. <laughs> that's amazing. You'll find out on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Rigg is great, and Charles Grodin is in that, and he's hilarious. Every Muppet movie has a, as well. Most Muppet movies have a bunch of celebrity cameos. The the two new ones like really go for the cameos. The Muppets mm-hmm. Most Wanted has maybe my favorite. <laughs> um, in, a, in a move that can only be described as uh, an executive said, hey, what are we going to do for Britain when he comes to see this movie? <laughs> we need to, we got to do something for Britain. Let's, sure. who, who, who can we put in this movie to make him happy? You're talking about uh, Daniel Craig? It's Daniel Craig, exactly. <laughs> um, it's him and Baby Yoda in The Mandalorian. <laughs> But only he's playing his character from Knives Out. Sure. It is. It is the way. <laughs> no living creature can see my face. <laughs> oh, he did funny. play a stormtrooper. He's not that far off. That's true. All, uh, it's all owned by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, at this point, I, I'll be. This is something we can obviously continue to cover. How easily can y'all recognize when certain Muppets are being performed by the same person? Like, how easily can you recognize that Fozzie, the same that Frank Oz, who is playing Fozzie, is also playing other characters? Like, can you recognize their voices well enough? Yeah, some of some of them I was picking up on. I, I don't know who the specific voice actor was, but I, I was sure. thinking to myself, okay, that character sounds kind of like Kermit, or, or like yeah. I was starting to make those connections in my head, but nothing like if you gave me like a, a little quiz, a little little piece of paper to work off of, I I couldn't probably do that very well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think there were a couple where I, yeah, where I started to notice and was like, oh, I think that sounds like. Kermit, uh, but yeah. I, I did not. But it wasn't so it wasn't like a Family Guy yeah. situation where I'm like, well, 95 percent of them are Seth MacFarlane, <laughs> and sure, you can sure. tell. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to hear that as we get further into these movies, and we get more familiar with all the different performers. Like, yeah, because like Fozzie and Piggy don't sound that similar, but you can hear because but they're both Frank Oz. But then you can hear other characters like, well, that character sounds like Piggy, and that character sounds like Fozzie. <laughs> so they're probably both Frank Oz. <laughs> Triangulate. Yeah, exactly. It, and, it, and you can... It's usually a little easier for me to pick out Jim Henson, um, because Kermit is so close to his voice. Right. Um, and, yeah. And then, like, Rolf and Dr. Teeth are both Jim Henson. And, like, obviously they sound fairly similar. Sure. Or enough that you can combine. It's like Richard Hunt and Dave Goals are the ones that I always have to double check. Richard Hunt, his main character is uh, Scooter and Janice, hmm. and Dave Goals is Gonzo. And Goals, like that's really his character. He has other big ones that come up later. Um, but and Richard Hunt similarly just kind of plays characters. <laughs> you know, he's a sure. supporting player. Uh, and then the final piece is Jerry Nelson who's Floyd and Robin and uh, a beautiful singer whom I love very much. Um, the one connection I did make was that, you know, when, when I realized, oh, Frank Oz is doing uh, the Miss Piggy voice, I was like, oh, it's not that far off from Yoda. That's weird. Sure. <laughs> um, you can hear, yeah. But, I mean, it's, yeah. it's I, I, sometimes you, you get that with uh, with different voice actors. I mean, that's that yeah. just kind of happens because they do so many voices. Like uh, Tara Strong, she does... Sure. A Harley Quinn voice in a lot of the the DC uh, media, and then you realize, oh, that's Timmy Turner from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, I'm not, <laughs> I, that's never leaving my mind, is it? And, and then it's, it's just very, girls. very weird. Um, I have that. I have that with Rob Paulson, uh, who's the Echo Warner on mm-hmm. the Animaniacs, and he was the original Raphael on Ninja Turtles. Oh, um, I believe. Uh, yeah, because like once you once you get familiar with somebody, it becomes very easy to pick them out yeah. uh, when you hear them. So I'll be interested to hear how that develops for y'all as we go through the movies. All right. Obviously, Kermit. All right, Britain, quick. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Wh- wh- who's who? Rob Paulson is Yakko. No, 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 no. I mean the three of us. <laughs> oh, the three of us. Oh, geez. Um, let's see. This is really hard. Yeah, because you Fun have to fact, figure out. We actually, uh, we all are uh, played by famous voice actors. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I'm played by Jeff Bennett. No <laughs> question. He plays Britain and Johnny Bravo. Because um, the, with, with the Warners, you have to figure out like who's the cute one, who never wears a shirt, and who never wears pants. <laughs> 
Tyler. That really is. Those are the three types of people. Um, oh man, I know I'm the cute one. I don't know what you. Guys yeah, are. no, yeah, for sure. Britain, I and would you say hate. you're wacko because you always have a wish. I really do, and that movie makes me cry so hard when Dot almost dies. <laughs> And I'm like, what is this, Kingdom Hearts 2? Come on. Yeah, and what is this, Night at the Museum, uh, Secret of the Tomb? <laughs> well, then, Alex, I guess, I mean, I can kind of see you as a yakko. You're kind of a smart Alec. I, Alex, I can smart tell Alex. everyone where, you know, what countries on the map there are. <laughs> and I'm always saying things are fabu. <laughs> yeah, you are, it's true. Yeah. And, and Tyler, similarly, is always saying, like, well, my name is Princess Angelina Contessa Louisa Francesca Banana Fana Bobesca the Third, but never call me Tai Tai. Call me Tai Tai, and you die. Yeah, I have been known from time to time. To say that. <laughs> so the Muppets. Um, <laughs> I was going to say uh, there there were a couple. If we're kind of wrapping up, there were a couple of things I wanted to mention, uh, just as like fun bits. The beginning when they go, when he goes to the bar and says what is uh, Fozzie knocks out the bartender and puts on like his hat and I think his beard yeah um <laughs> and sits up over the counter and is like uh drinks on the house and everyone goes storming out and they run up to the roof with all their empty glasses and they're like there is no drinks up here that is <laughs> lovely and just like the dumbest thing and I don't know so good. where they come up with that but I'm okay with it um and then also uh, they they reach the uh, the electric mayhem in the church, and they're like, Fozzie's like, Kermit, we can't recount the plot to them. We have to give them the script. That'll be the easiest thing. <laughs> so they give them the screenplay, and there's like a, a, a screen wipe, like a transition where they like zoom out onto the window and then come back after yeah. he reads uh, Dr. Teeth? Dr. Teeth. Dr. Teeth, yeah. Reed, reads the, the entire script up to that point. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, okay. And then later in the movie, they show up, and they're like, how did you find us? And, and Dr. Teeth's like, oh, we, we read the script. It says right here, exterior, <laughs> desert, night. <laughs> it's like, there's not even specifics about where they are. It's just like, that's Well, if this good. were a movie, which it is, we'd come up with a clever plot device. <laughs> which is disguising their car. I love yes. that. Also, um, Bob Hope is in this movie as an ice cream vendor mm -hmm. who just happens to have dr a, what dragonfly ripple yes. or something. Yes, and then Richard and Pryor, honeycomb, uh, and honeycomb, yeah. The other. And Richard Pryor is like, "You should get her two balloons because <laughs> if you get a lady two balloons." I was so happy with Richard Pryor's cameo because my, my only real frame of reference for Richard Pryor, aside from like some of his most famous like stand-up bits is just him in Superman 3, which is a very bad sure. movie, and he is very bad in it. Like, I don't even think sure. he's funny in that. So just having, like, 30 seconds of him where I'm just like, this is better than your entire Superman 3 performance. <laughs> I'm all here for it! <laughs> Superman oh, 3, man. uh, starring Richard Pryor, and Superman occasionally shows up. Uh, continue. <laughs> Uh, good thing we've already done those for the podcast. We don't need to do them. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other like really stand out because I'm not as familiar with this. There aren't as many. I don't have as many like quotes. Just Rolodex in my brain. Um, 
but it just makes me laugh just just consistently. I think it's so funny. An animal's great. As of right now, do y'all have a favorite Muppet? It's okay if you don't. Again, we got we got eight movies. I think I'm 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 kind of lame in that the ones that I see myself most as are my favorites. So like I love Kermit and I love the grumpy old guys and then just like some of the characters with like goofy voices, like the chef. Sure. sure. Or uh sure. Oh, yes, Beaker. Beaker. Oh Beaker. Beaker's wonderful. Um I'm surprised you didn't say you, I, I would think you see a lot of yourself in Crazy Harry. Oh yeah, he's definitely. always blowing things up. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> what do you think I do when I'm down here next to the Titanic all day? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the uh I think I probably I I do like Fozzie a lot, and I think I've always liked Animal as well. Yeah, yeah, probably. I lean towards. Yeah, I I I have no idea what my favorite Muppet is. I I I might be hard pressed just to say Kermit. I think he's just so brilliant and Mm -hmm. uh, aspirational. But again, I got a real soft spot for Scooter. Love Scooter so much, and Gonzo. Um. Yeah, my mom is a big Fozzie fan, so like she corners the market on Love and Fozzie in the house, which I do love Fozzie. Sure. And Frank Oz is such a brilliantly funny performer because his when as you start to realize who Frank Oz performs, you realize those characters do like takes. It's not just the voice, like they fully perform and you'll see that like there's a lot of Fozzie like saying things and then like looking around and like checking to make sure they're when he's backing the car up and all these little jokes, like yes, sir, uh huh. Like he, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Oz and Jim Henson are Bert and Ernie, and Oz is Bert, and they are so funny together. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, Oz and Henson are like one of the great comedy teams, I believe. Um, and when you realize that like Grover is Frank Oz on Sesame Street, like Grover is hysterically funny. Um, that I appreciate more as an adult than I did as a child, but Grover sure. is so stinking funny. What was your favorite part of the movie when it ended? Whoa, why is that? Because it was over. <laughs> when I like when, when and this is when they go, we're going to a private screening. Why is it a private screening? Because I won't show it to the public. <laughs> I, I will say, going back to kind of how quickly the third act wraps up, I have this memory in my, my brain, and maybe it's from a completely different movie. I seem to remember them like there being a lot more stuff that was happening at the the studio at the end when everything starts falling apart. Sure. Like for some reason I remember Doc Hopper and his men showing up and like chasing them through a bunch of sets. Like across oh, okay. the studio lot. And hmm. that, that just doesn't happen. So Correct. I, I I genuinely don't know. That's probably pulled from some other movie that I just cannot remember right now, but yeah. That was that was partially feeding into, you know, my my feelings about it wrapping up very quickly. Who who framed Roger Rabbit? I'm assuming. Oh. I have only seen like the first twenty minutes of that movie. Who framed Roger you Rabbit? Final answer. Missing out. Um, oh yeah, it opens with a chase through a bunch of studio lots. What am I saying? Not accurate. Um, <laughs> one of my I, one. Of, uh, I don't know, like Inception. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved the framing device of of them being at a screening mm-hmm. of the movie and Kermit's going. Yeah, mm, this is approximately how it happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love like all of that and, and just like that was the thing that amazed me with the puppetry, Britain was just 
the sheer number of characters that are on screen at one time, and there's popcorn yeah. being thrown. Like, there's so much stuff going on. I'm just like, yeah. how many puppeteers did you have under the, uh, underneath that up or above it operating all that? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Fun fact, in the end of the Rainbow Connection finale, when all of those characters are on, they were just grabbing people from the lot to perform. Mm, they were wow. just like, hey, do you literally have a free hand? One of whom was John Landis. Um, another of whom was a young Disney animator named Tim Burton. <laughs> I don't know which character he is. And obviously, none of them have to like fully perform. They just have to make the mouth do this to the song. Right. Because it's a fairly simple... I mean, it's a huge shot, but it's, you know... I like to imagine that, that Frankenweenie is actually somewhere in there. And Tim Burton was like, <laughs> I've got my own. I'll bring my own. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. They were like, hey, uh, Tim, do you want to work on these puppets? And he was like, can we photograph it doing minute movements over the course of several years? <laughs> If so, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Uh, Fun fact, uh, they did some release. I don't know how recent it was. Maybe it was with the kind of newer Muppet movies of like a bunch of covers of Muppet songs. And there Mm. is a cover of Rainbow Connection by Haley Williams, lead singer for Paramore, and Rivers Cuomo, lead singer of Weezer. And it is delightful. I remember that. A lot of people have covered that one. Yeah, I think, like, how some, like, the OK Go or something did the Muppet Show theme song, I think. Wow, sure. Or Menomino, something like that. Yeah, I remember I remember that album. I just I just had to shoehorn in Paramore somewhere. I've got to do that in James Bond on a regular basis, otherwise these things just get lost in time. Correct. <laughs> you are the only thing keeping their memory alive, because uh, U- Universal or whoever has already forgotten about No Time to Die. They've... <laughs> yep they they put it away like the the ark at the end of um raiders of the lost ark they they put yeah. it in the big warehouse their top men are on trying to release it but uh actually it's it's just rotting away somewhere now there's just no time remember, to remember i mean no time to the, remember. the the movie world right now i mean it's all about the crudes too like that's correct taking the world by storm i mean correct. covid who i just mm-hmm. gotta get this i gotta see these crudes all my favorite characters are back, like, I'm, I'm going to assume Ugg, and maybe <laughs> Bone? <laughs> Zendaya is Michi. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even the same movie, it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shall we, shall we jump into letter grades? Yep. Sure. A plus, obviously. <laughs> as, <laughs> as if you couldn't see it coming. He, he, oh, he, 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 he couldn't come up with a worse thing. C minus. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Didn't really work overall. The cohesive uh, whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, this is really tough. Um, I think I'm going to go with just a flat A for right now. Um, just because of some of those those minor pacing problems, and the movie does kind of wrap up really fast at the end, but it, it's a it's a really really fun fun experience, and yeah. I, I it's it's just it's nice to to go and watch a movie that's not Midsommar, but people are working <laughs> equally as hard on it. Sure, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go A as well. Um, I'm tempted. I was tempted to go A minus just to give myself breathing room because I don't know like 
how I'm going to feel about the future ones. That's also kind of where, like, where my, my train yeah. of thought um, was going. Yeah. But I, I think I, I, there's a lot of really good moments in this. I'll go away. Um, and I bet, I feel like if I was like shifted back in time enough that I could appreciate a lot of the, uh, the cameos more, I feel like this would be a, like just a movie that would make me ecstatic. Um, sure. Sure. because like that, that's really the only, I mean, I think that's the big thing that was missing for me. And I think if I had been able to appreciate that more, uh, which is entirely just a subjective thing. Um, I guess because, it's a, as we know, Tyler, art is subjective and nothing is real. It's accurate. Throwback. Um, <laughs> we're making several callbacks without explaining them. Um, mm. We're just going to, we okay. need to continue to just like eventually, I probably said this before, which would also make it a reference, um, but we need to eventually create a podcast episode that is just entirely references that don't make any sense to anybody who yeah. has not listened to every single one of these. Jai! Kinda... Jai! <laughs> And, uh, and it's just this this trash yeah. heap of <laughs> of nonsense. Man, um, Aurora Borealis, The Shining down in Roanoke. Can you picture that? It's a it's a podcast, Britain. No one can picture anything. There's no, there's no visual component. It's an audio medium, Britain. It's an audio medium. Remember the here's a throwback. I just waved. I'm the new kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i i don't it's been a while since i've seen the next two muppet movies we'll be doing as i under, as i recall they are somewhat more plot driven they're still bonkers but like sure. they are somewhat more plot driven and i know that musically it's I, I don't respond to the music in the next two movies as much as i will to a future movie which has maybe mm-hmm. my favorite score of all movies um musical score but Talking about yeah, the Muppets I, 2011, I assume. For, for sure. Um, it's probably fine. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, this is... And I really don't want to be like, this is, enjoy it while it lasts. I just don't know what they're doing after this. But, like... I I, I don't know. I feel like it steps down a little bit in, two, in, in the next two movies. But I could be completely misremembering or just, like, sure. coloring it simply by the fact that, oh, I don't remember as many songs, you know? I'm... I'm sure our usual approach of not knowing anything about movies before we watch them will lead us to some hot takes, uh, as sure. uh, usually happens, because we just, like, don't know. Muppets in Space is the, the best one! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is that it's not called Muppets X. Uh, <laughs> and no, it needs to be called <laughs> The Muppets Take the Universe. I was going to say, is it Jason Takes Manhattan... That is uh, that is uh, one of the, the Friday the thirteenth movies. There's that oh, and man. also Jason X. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. That's good. And there's Muppets Go to Space? Yes. There's Pigs in Space. I mean I know that's not the same title as Jason X, but like that's the plot of Well Jason. there's Muppets that's... from Space, yeah. Should we just like See, should here, we should we just here's the interesting go ahead? Thing. Okay, well, let me let me just say this. When when a horror franchise goes to space, that's like infamous. Like that's a terrible sign. Like the Leprechaun movies did that. Friday mm-hmm. the Thirteenth did that. Like that's a notoriously Moonraker. Yeah, that's a <laughs> notoriously bad thing. But like when I hear the Muppets going to space, and I don't know, maybe the movie's not good, but I hear that as a concept. I'm like, that sounds delightful. Sure. I will also say they don't go to space, <laughs> but space sure. is a part of the thing. Oh. That's disappointing. <laughs> I wanted the exact part of it. I wanted 
Moonraker to a T, but it's Muppets. <laughs> sure. Man, I, I, Richard Keel must have been in some kind of Muppet thing at some point. I should hope. Hanging out with Sweetums or something. Was Roger Moore? Roger Moore hosted the Muppet Show. Ooh, there you go. That's yeah. track that down. Is that on Disney Plus? Um, um, it might be. I know that there. You can find a lot of clips on YouTube because there is Roger Moore. <laughs> one, he does a, a sketch where Piggy tries to seduce him. True. Um, but you he, may have mentioned this a, when we talked about. Yeah, he does a sketch where he performs "Talk to the Animals" from the Doctor Doolittle movie, the Rex Harrison, and he talk. He quote unquote sings it while, like, interacting with all these different Muppets. And, of course, it's, you know, delightful and charming, as Roger Moore was. Sure. Yeah, Roger. And I think Pierce Brosnan, he might have been on one of the revival Muppet TV shows. Because um, I feel like I can see him and Miss Piggy talking to each other. And then they asked Sean Connery if he wanted to do it, and he was like, it's too serious for me. <laughs> it's too grounded. <laughs> Um, <laughs> speaking of stuff we don't know anything about, uh, we I have a recommendation. We talked about a movie that made me really happy, and I have another movie that made me really happy. Uh, this is also going to be a, a, a team effort. Tyler, I know, has also seen this movie and, and can recommend it. Um, on Thanksgiving uh, this year, I decided to ring in the holiday season with a new holiday movie that you can watch streaming on Hulu. It's called Happiest Season. Uh Quick disclaimer, because this movie centers around a lesbian relationship, there's only so much I can really talk about without getting well past my, like, knowledge base. Sure. And the movie is getting some mixed reviews, and I think, in part, that's why. Because people from that community have very different feelings on it. Which makes sense, because I don't like every movie that straight people make, so, like, why should every (laughs) gay person like every gay movie? Like, that doesn't... Mathematically, that's not a thing. Um... So, so I can't really comment on a lot of that element, but I will say I found it delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie is about uh, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis are dating, so already I bought my ticket, and they are going home for the holidays. Kristen Stewart, her parents passed away several years ago, and she's not really a holiday person, and Mackenzie Davis is like, come home, spend it with my family, it'll be great. Only Mackenzie Davis hasn't come out to her family yet. What? That doesn't make sense. It's 2020 or whatever. And then, so so they go home to meet it's the very family. Very clearly 2019 because they're yes, not all true. wearing masks and social distancing. <laughs> so. That's a very good point. Very clearly 2019. <laughs> and it is a movie that at times the humor gets a little farcical, but is largely, I think, very, very funny. Directed by Clea Duvall, who's a wonderful actor. Co-written by Clea Duvall and Mary Holland, who's fantastic in the movie as the middle sister of the uh, of the family. Very, very funny. And uh, it was really nice to see a movie about a queer relationship from a queer director. <laughs> like, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, all I can say. And it has a lot of members of the LGBTQ plus community in the cast. Uh, you've got, I mentioned Kristen Stewart. Um, Aubrey Plaza is in it in a surprisingly fantastic performance. Oh, She's yeah. really good. And she's and not doing the Aubrey Plaza thing, which is which is neat. The, there's a lot of performances in the movie that are like not the performances you would expect to see from these yes. people. Like they're just, I mean, Kristen Stewart, I think is pretty close to what you'd probably expect from her in the like in 2020. Um, yeah, in yeah. terms of like kind of the trajectory she's taken, but like Mackenzie Davis is is quite different. 
Um, yeah. He's a lot more like subtle, I guess, almost like, a, a, sure. you know, she's, she's normally playing a character who's a lot more like headstrong. Um, and she laughs and smiles more than she usually gets yes. to do in movies. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Aubrey Plaza is like very serious and, and sort of uh, wistful to use our word of the yeah. podcast. Um, and, and human and not like pranking everybody with everything she says. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I, I like Aubrey Plaza a lot. She's very funny, but it was neat to see her do something different and she's really good. Uh, Victor Garber and Mary Steenburgen are Mackenzie Davis's parents. They're great. Allison Brie isn't yeah. it? Uh, and she gets really to be terrific. really mean. It's fun. Yeah, very mean. <laughs> um, and I mentioned Mary Holland. Dan Levy is in it. He's fantastic. It's just a, a movie that I think is very funny and very well acted and really touching. Like, I, I just had a really nice time watching it. So I think if you're wanting to, to ease into the holiday spirit, it's it's a nice way to do that. It'll it'll make you feel some stuff. It'll make you laugh some stuff. And <laughs> this podcast, everybody knows how I feel about Mackenzie Davis. I think she's great, and I think she's really good in it. And I was going to watch this movie for the cast anyway, but it was nice to see a bunch of actors I like treated so well by the material mm-hmm. and get to be genuinely really good. And I would love to see Kristen Stewart do more comedies. I think yeah. she's really gifted in, the, yeah. in that arena. She's really good yeah. straight, not straight uh, <laughs> woman. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not the goof character. Although she has yes. some really goofy, not goofy, but like funny line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I had tried to to uh, look around a bit and, and check out some new movies and find a good uh, recommendation, but um, last minute I did check out Happiest Season, and then uh, Brent was like, "No, I'm on it." <laughs> In fairness, and I think fig- I figured as I was watching it, I was like, "There's no way that Brent has already seen this," but I have to check. You um, you have been deducted uh, two Britain points for for trying to claim his recommendation this week. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was kind of funny. Tyler messaging. He's like, Britain, have you heard of this movie? And I almost typed, are you new here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot have imagined how just with the cast alone it would have it would have yeah. uh, flown under your radar. But, yeah, no, I, I endorse everything you just said. I think it is uh, quite fun. Um, it does a lot of, like, sitcom-esque things really well. Uh, mm-hmm. Not sitcom, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, rom-com-esque things really well. Uh, so that's like there, there's a lot of beats that are very oh that's a thing you would see in a rom com or like a bad like yeah. Hallmark movie or something but they're done um, in, a, in kind of a, fl- a fun uh, character driven way uh, that is quite effective partially because the cast is so good um, and also uh, I wanted to shout out in in that Dan Levy uh, he plays and this is talking about the rom com tropes um, he plays a character that would be like a very stereotypical gay friend in a rom com. Yeah. Um, and, and for the first part of the movie, it's kind of like, okay, is this, it, it seems like they're just kind of plugging him into this role because that's what you do with a rom-com. Um, but then at the end, he ends up being like, not at the end, but like in the second yeah. half, uh, he, he takes on more of a role and he becomes like, it's like, oh, he's, he's actually a, uh, like a really good friend to the, the main character. And like, is, yeah. there's genuine, like genuine character stuff going on there. Uh, and so I thought that was really yeah. nice as well. Um, there's a lot of, of and, and, bits like that yeah. where it kind of takes it in a direction, not that you wouldn't expect, but that is is kind of sweet and, and funnier than it uh, needed to be. It could have just been like a by-the-numbers type thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 100% and, recommend. And, and it's nice to see a movie. And I don't have any experience with having to come out, but to hear two characters talk, to hear characters talk about everything associated with coming out and knowing that those characters are played by people who have had those experiences mm-hmm. if not as described in the movie but have had their own version of that experience 
it right. lends a lot. Like it, yeah. it means a lot when you cast you know people from the community to play a character in that community. And uh, and I completely agree about Dan Levy. For the first half of the movie, I was like, oh, he's a fun, he's an effective comic relief. And then he's involved in some very touching, very moving mm-hmm. scenes later in the movie that I think he's really well uh, utilized in. Uh, yeah, just a lot of good stuff. Um, and Alex, you've been watching that Dino Trucks show. How how you liking it? <laughs> you know, it's quite good, but not as good <laughs> as what I'm recommending this week. Uh-oh. Is it the way back? Is it episode, it's episode it's two. It's actually not far off from the way back. <laughs> I, it's better than the way back, but it's not far off. What can be better than the way back? Um, yeah. So I went the complete opposite direction of wanting Christmas cheer. I just wanted some some just depression and misery. Um, mm-hmm. I watched The Wrestler, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Hey. <laughs> I have not seen this movie. I know it, but I haven't seen it. Um, this was kind of Mickey Rourke's comeback performance and kind of bringing him back into Hollywood for like three years and then he was gone again. <laughs> I was going to say, and you can see it worked. You, you can only scrub <laughs> out that Iron Man 2 stain so much, you know. Man. Um. But Tyler, he had Immortals. That he, that was his shot. <laughs> and also a cameo in the first Expendables movie in which he's like the best actor in the whole thing and he's got like one scene. It's amazing. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, but I watched The Wrestler. It's super depressing. Um, it's just a character study of a washed-up wrestler who who still wants to participate because he he really he actively loves it, but he he like has to abuse himself in order to 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 do it. Because um, like wrestlers, like it is all a performance, but they do actually yeah. hurt themselves. Um, and it gets a lot more grotesque than I was expecting in terms of, like, the damage that he is willing to take on on stage for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it, – it's a character study. It's about him kind of just dealing with his life and, and kind of reflecting back on this massive level of fame that he had 20 years prior and he just doesn't have that anymore. And he's running into health issues and he's he's having problems finding steady work. Um, Marissa Tomei's in it, and she is spectacular. Um, mm. I don't know, really good. Um, not all that surprising plot-wise. Um, it's it's pretty by the numbers in terms of like I, I'm sure like especially you know Tyler, you and me having seen all the Rocky movies. It's not being hometown Philadelphians and and, yeah. and the way back <laughs> Philadelphians. As we call ourselves. <laughs> um, it's, 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 the plot is a little by the numbers, but not necessarily in a bad way. Um, it's interesting because this was the movie that Darren Aronofsky did um, following The Fountain, which I mm. is now personally one of my favorite movies um, that I've only wow. seen once. Um, but I, I think the fact that that movie was not successful either critically or financially led him to doing something a little bit more straightforward. Um which is cool because then he ended up getting a bunch of success with the wrestler. So, um, yeah, uh, Evan Rachel Wood is in that too, right? What was that? Evan Rachel Wood is in that too. Yes, uh, she plays his estranged daughter, and they they share mm. a, a few like really really good kind of heart wrenching nice. scenes together. Um, yeah. yeah, I like her. Yeah, it, it's quite good. Um, the hype around it, or at least that was around it back in like two thousand eight or whenever, is is completely warranted. It's really good. So, cool. The wrestler. Where, by what means did you watch it? Where is it? Is it streaming? Um, 
I went to a Goodwill recently and it, I bought it for like a dollar. Well, there nice. you have it, streaming at Goodwill. Was Steve Martin there and he, you were like, can you watch this for me, please? <laughs> and he like moved it back and aren't forth in front going, of his eyes real fast. Aren't you going to sniff the DVD for me? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of amazed because oh, I picked that up and I also saw the Green Mile. I was like... Okay, I'll get that. And it was like three bucks for the both of them. I was like, this is... Hmm. Yeah. I don't know That's what's happening bad. here. So. That is not bad. Everyone, they're, they're they're buying them all on 4K now, dude. Or the other versions. Digital, I guess, is the other one. Everyone's getting them on their TiVo. <laughs> Everyone's buying them off their Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. They're paying 30 bucks. Low, low price. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the wrestler. I, I think I've shot away from it because I, every time I was like, maybe I'll try to hunt that down. I've been like, I don't know if I can handle it right now. And no, <laughs> it, I, it is particularly when when he gets like hurt on on yeah. stage. It is it is very grotesque in some parts. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna have to get myself in the mood and then. Like I'll, I do want to I'll, I'll just give one example because this happens pretty early on, and if like this is something you can't stomach, you're not going to get through it. He has like a little piece of like it's not glass, it's like something, it's like some some like sharp object that he has kind of in his um the tape that he puts around his elbows. And there's Ooh. one point where he gets like fake punched and knocked to the ground, and while the other guy's gloating or whatever. He actively like he pulls this thing out and cuts into his forehead so that he starts bleeding. Uh. For the yes. performance. Um, Seems good. And it's like the, the amount of punishment that, that him and, and guys kind of in that role take is, it's, yeah. It gets yeah, worse than that, geez. but that's kind of like, th- that's the quick measure of like, oh, I can handle this, or no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming that that leads to him being cast as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the, 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 the extremities he's willing to go to. And yeah. how damaged he is. Oh, damaged. Exactly. <laughs> so, see, that's that, that's what I was I was leaving out. He cuts damaged into his forehead, like he spells it out <laughs> for you. Because yeah. on his world, it means because that. you know, if there's one thing that that the Joker was missing, it was subtlety. Correct. I would be I would be genuinely unhappy with the Snyder cut because otherwise I'll be thrilled with it. I'll be genuinely unhappy if there is not a scene where the Joker goes, "On my planet, it means hope." <laughs> What is your planet? Mars. It only takes 30 seconds to get there. Ooh. So, Tyler, where can that they find us? Good cut. Um, you can find us Thank online you. at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. Um, all, all good stuff. Not to toot my own horn, but I think I have had the best single use of On My World That Means Hope ever. Tyler and I, ironically, were watching The Dark Knight, and it's the bit where they're carrying Harvey Dent in the police truck, and they drive by a fire truck that's set on fire. And I said, on that, on my world, that means hope. And Tyler would not stop laughing. It was a good moment. I think you had to be there, but it was good. It made me happy. Um, this makes a lot more sense if you understand that Alex hates firefighters. <laughs> Can't stand them. But- with their Dalmatians. Look, if 2020 couldn't get worse, we have to reveal that I actively dislike firefighters. 
I don't actively dislike <laughs> firefighters. That's completely fabricated. They keep taking all my kittens out of the trees I put up there. I'm hiding those Brit- kittens for later. Brit- Britain's, Britain's doing a thing we call a joke. That's that's all that is. Pay him no yeah, mind. Yeah, it's one of my classic bits. One of our classic bits about Alex hating firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> Ongoing joke. Um, so, yeah. Uh Next week, whichever That's, Muppet movie's next. Well, it, it, yeah, next week we'll be reviewing um, Muppets Go to Hell the Final Friday. I thought you were going to say Muppets versus Sesame Street Requiem. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> well, we always said they'd die on stage, and finally, they did! Oh! <laughs> I've been Alex. I've been Tyler. I've been Britain. Uh, And you are having a good night.